0: Let's talk about the waiver wire ads and stashes heading into week six. Okay, so first, let's talk about Josh Downs. Josh Downs led the Colts yesterday in receiving with six receptions for 97 yards, and over the last few weeks, he's really solidified his role as a number two receiver in this offense. He's averaged around a 76% snap share, and I think it's safe to say he's overtaken Alec Pierce in the pecking order. This week, he gets the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have allowed the 5th most passing yards, and I think he's going to get plenty of work. It hasn't really seemed to matter who's throwing him the ball either, whether it be Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew, he's been getting plenty of targets. He's second on the team with 33, only to Michael Pittman's 46, and he's on pace for 100 at this point. If he can find a way to get into the end zone, that'll really boost his value. At this point, I think he's a solid WR3. He's rostered in 9% of leagues, so if you're looking for someone to pick up this week, he is definitely someone I would target. Next up, KJ Osborne. Osborne saw a notable uptick in his workload yesterday once Justin Jefferson left the game. Jefferson's dealing with a hamstring injury, and we're not quite sure how serious it is. But if he does miss time, then Osborne should be in line for some decent volume. Last year, he was the WR7 from weeks 14 through 18, so he's definitely capable of splash games, and Kirk Cousins does trust him. Yesterday, he finished the game with five receptions for 49 yards, but what gives me hope is the fact that he had nine targets. And like I said, if Jefferson misses time, I definitely see Osborne seeing a big uptick in the amount of targets he receives. He'll probably function as the number two receiver behind Jordan Addison, so temper your expectations a little bit, but if you're looking for a plug-and-play WR3 that could have low-end WR2 value, Osborne is someone to consider. Again, this is largely contingent on whether or not Justin Jefferson misses time. He's also only rostered in 9% of leagues, so he's pretty widely available. Next up, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is coming off a season-best game where he caught 9 of 11 targets for 77 yards and a touchdown, and he's been pretty solid when he's been on the field this year. He has dominated tight end snaps for Washington, hovering right around 81%, and this week he gets Atlanta, and while Atlanta's been pretty good against the pass, they've been very vulnerable to tight ends, allowing the second most fantasy points per game in half PPR leagues. If you're looking for some tight end depth, he's definitely someone to consider. And if you're looking for someone to stream in week 6, I would give Thomas heavy consideration. He's only rostered in 15% of leagues, so he's pretty widely available, and I think you could do a lot worse. Next up, let's talk about the running back situation in Chicago. Khalil Herbert went down with an ankle injury, and apparently he's set to miss multiple weeks. So this is going to be a muddied backfield. My guess is Roshan Johnson should probably get the first crack at starter snaps, but he himself was dealing with a concussion and left the game early last week. If he misses time, Deontay Foreman could be the only healthy back in this backfield. We saw what happened last week. They were so thin at running back, they had their fullback carrying the load. I still expect both Foreman and Johnson to get a notable workload, just given how much Chicago likes to run the ball. This year, they're top 12 in attempts, and I think that number is only going to increase if they can continue to put up good offensive performances like they have been. Johnson's rostered in 41% of leagues, so he's less available, but Foreman's only rostered in 7% of leagues, so he's pretty widely available. And Foreman has proven to be a very capable runner in this league. Just last year, he was the running back 14 in standard leagues from week 7 onward. And I think he has a lot of potential to score touchdowns if this offense can stay as potent as it's looked. Speaking of backfield tandems, the Cardinals may have one on their hands. James Conner left the game yesterday with a knee injury, and he may miss time. It seems like he may miss one game at the very least, and if he does, that should pave the way for Keontae Ingram or Amari DiMarcado to carry the load for the Cardinals for the next few weeks. DiMarcado stepped into the starter's role yesterday, and that's largely because one Connor went down, but also Keontae Ingram is dealing with a neck injury and has missed the last two games. And if he can't get back on the field next week, then DiMarcado may have another week of having this backfield to himself. Yesterday, he finished the game with 10 attempts for 45 yards and a touchdown, and he also had one reception, and he looked pretty decent. He's probably a low-end RB3 with touchdown upside at best, but I would definitely grab him off the waiver wire just because the expectation is Connor will miss one game. Both players are pretty widely available at this point. I would probably grab De Mercado over Ingram just because De Mercado has actually been healthy enough to play and carry a full workload. This week they go up against the Rams, who have allowed the 11th most rushing yards per game, so whoever does get the nod should be in line for a decent workload. Next up, Taji Spears. Spears looked pretty good yesterday. He ran the ball seven times for 34 yards and a touchdown. He also caught four passes for an additional 34 yards. What I really like about him is his role in the return game. So if you're in a league where you get points for return yards, he's someone to consider. In four or five games this year, he's played over 50% of the snaps, so he's definitely getting on the field. And with Derrick Henry getting a little bit older, and Tennessee struggling on offense at times, I could see Spears getting a deeper look. He's only rostered in 26% of leagues at this point, so if you're looking for a low-end RB3 with low-end RB2 upside, he's definitely someone to consider as well. Now let's talk about some stashes. First up, Tank Bigsby. I know Bigsby had a lot of hype around him coming into this season, and he hasn't quite lived up to it yet, But that's mostly because Travis Etienne is dominating this backfield. Etienne has played 285 snaps to Bigsby's 58. But the reason why I have him as a stash is the fact that if Etienne ever missed time, Bigsby would become an elite RB1 almost immediately. He's already had a decent role in the red zone, having scored twice. And I think the Jaguars will give him more run as the season goes on. At this point, this is definitely ETN's backfield, but Bigsby is definitely someone you want to pick up if he's available in your leagues. He's available in about 80% of leagues, so if you're looking for someone to put at the end of your bench as a stash, you could do a lot worse. Next up, Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason looked really good yesterday. He had 10 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown, coming in for Christian McCaffrey in the fourth quarter. And I think we're going to see more of this as the season goes on, especially if San Francisco continues to blow out teams. I have to think that as the 49ers get closer to locking up a playoff spot, they're going to try to lessen McCaffrey's workload, which should mean more work for Mason or whoever the number two guy is. Eli Mitchell was the number two guy on the depth chart before going down with a knee injury a couple of weeks ago, but that's kind of been his story. He just cannot stay healthy. And Mason has looked really explosive over his first two years. He's definitely a bruiser, but he can get downhill in a hurry. I think you could do a lot worse. He's only rostered in 1% of leagues, so if you're looking for someone to hold on to that should have value as the season goes on, he's another person to give strong consideration to. Lastly, we've seen this offense support two running backs before, and with the 49ers having the second most rush attempts in the league with 173, I think it's only a matter of time before another back emerges out of this offense. Lastly, Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds has been in and out of the lineup this year due to the injuries this backfield has suffered. We've seen David Montgomery miss time with a thigh issue. Now we see Jameer Gibbs out of the lineup due to a hamstring issue. And there's no telling how long Gibbs is going to be out. Given that it's a hamstring, I'm sure they're going to play it slow. You definitely don't want to mess with something like that. And Reynolds should get some run as the number two guy while he's out. Yesterday, he had seven carries for 52 yards and a touchdown. And I think at this point, he's definitely roster worthy. The Lions run the ball the third most of any team in the league. They have 165 attempts. And as long as Dan Campbell is the head coach, that should be the staple for this offense. This week, they get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are pretty stout against the run. But I think Reynolds is still worth an add. And I would keep a close eye on Gibbs's health. That wraps up my waiver wire ads and stashes for week six. Thanks so much for watching. Please subscribe and let me know your thoughts going into week six in the comments below.